This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's Thursday the 9th of September 2021. Norman, I don't know what you've been doing at 11 o'clock every morning for the last, I don't even know how many weeks now, but it's really hard to get out of the habit of just tuning into these daily press conferences and every day the numbers seem to be getting bigger and it all can feel a bit overwhelming and depressing and yet you're still just in that day, in that moment. So I thought today it would be good to take a bit of a step back and just take stock of where we are at with the different outbreaks that are happening around Australia, what the next couple of weeks might look like and how the vaccine rollout is is going to interplay with the way the virus is spreading at the moment. If you go around the country, the three jurisdictions that have got cases are New South Wales, Victoria and the ACT. So let's start with Victoria. The numbers are under 300, at least as we're recording the coronacast. The rate of increase is higher than New South Wales has been. Uh, in other words, the effective reproduction number was has been up to 1.9, maybe around about 1.6 at the moment. That's still a higher rate than New South Wales has been. And as we've seen from New South Wales, that, that can really kick off to high numbers very, very quickly. The problem in Victoria is that they're probably dealing with several sources, at least two sources of the outbreak, hasn't really been fully nailed, I suspect, in terms of where it started. And that's a complication. It's also in the Northwestern Corridor, which is where it was before, which is a difficult area to control, as are the southwestern suburbs of Sydney, the western suburbs of Sydney, because people are living in multi-generational families. They're the essential workers for the city as a whole. And it's just harder and harder to control because you need people to go out and work. They don't have their own resources. So that's Victoria. Um, It's a work in progress. And what you're waiting on in Victoria, and Victoria's doing very well with vaccination, um, what you're waiting on in Victoria is this race of cases against vaccination. And vaccination is really catching up in Victoria very, very well, and only a few days behind New South Wales. And therefore, what they're hoping is with the extent of lockdown, you add vaccination and then you get the bend of the curve. And you'll get the bend of the curve at lower numbers, they would hope, than New South Wales, and therefore the impact on the hospital system will be lower. So that's Vic. What about the ACT? That They sort of seem to have similar case numbers every day. They're not really going up, but they're also not coming down. ACT is trucking along at relatively low numbers, at least when you look at the other jurisdictions, New South Wales and Victoria, but it's not coming down. And there are significant proportions of people still out there in the community spreading the virus before they're detected. So ACT could spin out of control, not yet, but it's accumulating steadily. So they're finding it pretty hard to get this right down. And New South Wales, well, New South Wales is at high numbers, maybe tailing off. The Burnett modelling suggests the next couple of weeks. So does the um, University of Sydney modelling, at least in the LGAs of concern, the 12 local government areas of concern. And again, this has been a race of vaccination against the exponential growth of, of numbers. And uh, New South Wales is doing really well with vaccination and you, are, you will start to see the bending of that curve. And the bending of that curve will be the extra effect of vaccination on top of, uh, on top of lockdown. Well, let's talk about vaccination rates because that's another thing that's happening. You know, we're looking in the next couple of weeks ahead from where we are now. At the moment, last week we vaccinated 1.5 million people got a dose of vaccine, which is huge. If we keep going at that rate, we're only nine days away from 70% of Australia's 
population aged over 16 having at least their first dose. Yeah, so that is fantastic news. You just got to be wary of the, the average hiding problems within that. Problems within that are Queensland and WA, which are very low, and they're a long way off getting to 70%. Also within states, you've got a lot of variation between regional areas and local government areas within cities. That is not going to allow you to open up quite as freely when you know you've got very vulnerable communities, particularly, say, regional New South Wales. The great news is that we're going to start in, start immunising 12 to 15 year olds, that is going to improve the situation a lot because as adolescents get older, their social networks get bigger, they're more potential to spread and also they're you know, getting them back to school and that will improve such herd immunity as we're able to get because although they're saying that total herd immunity is unlikely with this virus, it is herd immunity to an extent that's going to bend the, the curve down in terms of new cases. But if you look at the 50 plus New South Wales, 86.7% 86, 86 of people have received um, their first dose, 60% uh, their second dose. And in the 70 pluses, 92% have received their first dose, 68% their second dose. That's really getting up to amazing numbers. That means that when 50 pluses get their second dose, you're nearly at 90% coverage. I mean, that's enormous and that creates a lot of safety there. Victoria is not far behind, 81, you know, 81 and 87%. Queensland actually in that group is doing not too badly, 76 and 87% So of the 70 pluses. Yeah, it's that that older age group are the ones that are most likely to get severe disease if they catch COVID. And speaking of those uh, minority groups that are of particular risk, of course, we spoke to Tani Jash on Monday's CoronaCast about what the government and community groups are doing to target Indigenous populations specifically. So if you didn't listen to that, go back and listen to it. But just to come back to these this broad brushstroke national average, Norman, according to covidlive.com.au, if we keep vaccinating at the rate that we're currently vaccinating people, we will have 80% of Australians over the age of 16 vaccinated with both doses by the 19th of November, which, you know, it's kind of a long way away, but it's not really that far away. And so within that, there's this kind of balance between the demand for people coming forward to get vaccinated, which we need people to keep doing, and the supply, which looks like it's really going to keep picking up between now and November. Those predictions are fantastic, getting to 80% by the 19th of November. The, the one danger in just having that being fixated on 80% is that it's not the end of the story. A lot of modellers would say that you really need, with this contagious virus, and particularly in the United Kingdom they're talking about this, is you really need to be 85-90% covered to have sufficient protection in the community to be getting close to some kind of herd immunity that we can really open up. So um, I don't want to sort of, you know, it's the usual thing when you go bushwalking, there's another hill over the horizon, but we really should focus forward. And, and we're already achieving that kind of number in the over 50s. We should be able to achieve it for the whole population. And in that sense, we will be a lot more protected. So look at 80% as the first hill, 90% as the second hill, according to the modelers. We'll be, we'll be doing pretty well, particularly if we get to 80% of 12-year-olds plus by November, because that's, that's a much bigger percentage of the whole population. Remember, 80% is only about 65% of the total population. Add in the 12-year-olds, you're really starting to move up. Look, you're ambitious, Dr. Swan, and I really appreciate that. So we were talking yesterday about vaccine hesitancy. We had someone write in 
describing the thing that was making them a little bit unsure. And we answered that. And we had someone write in saying, as a nurse, I'd like to point out that another way to protect others, which was the the sticking point for this uh, person who'd written in yesterday by getting vaccinated, is that you're much, much less likely to get sick enough to need to be hospitalised. This nurse has written in says, please talk about how being vaccinated helps protect the community by ensuring we don't overwhelm the health system with COVID cases and we ensure that healthcare staff don't burn out in the process. Don't burn out and don't get infected because the more virus there is around, the more likely it is to leak into PPE, even the best protective equipment. So when you've got a lot of virus there, it's a real problem for healthcare staff. Speaking of the healthcare system, uh, someone's written in saying, Dan Andrews said that rate of hospitalisation for this Delta outbreak is one in 10. What is the rate of hospitalisation once we reach 70 or 80% vaccinated? What is the rate of ICU hospitalisation at these milestones? Well, the rate of, of hospitalisation in the unvaccinated will remain at 10%. So that's what it will be in the, in the unvaccinated. In the vaccinated, um, it's a very good question, but it reduces, the, it reduces it by about 90%. So that you could say it's about a tenth of that. So it's about 1% or less. And a question from Elizabeth saying, if you've been double vaccinated, isn't it better to get exposed to COVID to get a good immune response rather than getting a booster shot? I don't know about you, Elizabeth. I'd much rather get another injection than roll that particular die. Well, that's right. Look, there is evidence that vaccine after natural infection does give you a very good, deep immune response. If you've been infected first and then you get vaccinated. There's more evidence on that than having had a breakthrough infection after being vaccinated and what that does. But it's likely that it can replace a booster shot. Whether it's better than a booster shot, we don't really know. And as you say, who would want to get COVID-19? Nah, I think I'll just get a shot, when it's time at least. Well, that'll do for today, Norman. Uh, But people keep sending your questions in by going to abc.net.au slash coronacast and we'll catch you tomorrow. Yeah, and tomorrow is Friday. And remember, Quick Fire Friday. So get your Quick Fire Friday. Get your Quick Fire Fire Friday questions in. If we get to it, which we hardly ever do. See you tomorrow. (laughs) 